This is Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Today, we will be continuing a sermon in Pastor Greg Scalzo's Heavenly Authority series, where the focus is on prophecy in the New Testament church. The spiritual realm is a safe place to be only in Jesus Christ. That's the only way you filter out all the unclean and demonic spirits and have a true experience with God is through Jesus Christ, being under the direction of God, being saved and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Just simply sensing some spiritual power is dangerous. And people will mindlessly follow these experiences. They're undisciplined. They're ungodly. They're not testing, and they are fodder for the demonic, following every wave of unclean, supernatural impulse. Look for a moment at Acts. We're going to go back to 1 John chapter 4. But look for a moment uh, in the book, the book of Acts chapter 17 and verse 10. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away um, by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. They were more fair-minded. If you have a King James, it'll say they were noble. They were more noble. Noble, literally well-born. Those in Berea were well-born. What did they do? They searched the scriptures. They received the word of God with all readiness as Paul and Silas preached and search the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Well, how dare they question Paul and Silas? The Bible doesn't say that, does it? It says they're noble, fair-minded, well-born. And when it says noble, well-born, it doesn't mean well-born uh, in a, an aristocratic sense in this world, but in a spiritual sense, a figurative sense, they're well-born in the sense that they're, they possess outstanding qualities they have very high, excellent qualities there. They're noble, they're noblemen, they're noble people because they received the word of God because they tested. They test, they searched the scriptures to find out whether these things were so. And they were. This is the teaching of God. And so they received it with readiness. If you're preaching the word of God, you should have no problem with somebody testing what you say with the scriptures because you preach from the scriptures, and if you're preaching right, and they're searching properly, they will agree with you. They'll receive it with all readiness, because it's the word of God. They tested. Testing what you receive is not being unfaithful. It is being noble, well-born, of high character, fair-minded. And there's an indication right there, one test of knowing where the prophecy is from. Does it line up with the scriptures? 
If a prophecy does not line up with the scriptures, they have the Old Testament, and they're searching the Old Testament, and what Paul and Silas preach about Jesus lines up foundation stone upon foundation stone with the Old Testament, with the scriptures. And that's the test for believers today. If a prophecy comes out from a prophet, and it is in total contradiction of the scriptures, then you test all things, and you abstain from every form of evil. It cannot be from the Lord if it contradicts the Scriptures. Because who wrote the Bible? They were men moved by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit really wrote the Scriptures. And so the Holy Spirit is not going to contradict himself through a prophet. So if all of a sudden the prophet stands up and says, well, yes, Jesus is Lord, but... We have to do this, 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 and they add other things to salvation to the point that Jesus is no longer seen. They use Jesus Christ to move you into this next book, this higher revelation, this other prophet who supersedes the words of Jesus Christ. It is not of the Lord. It is error. It is the spirit of error. It's the spirit of Satan. Go back to 1 John chapter 4. After he says to test the spirits, in verse 2, he tells us, he says, by this you know the Spirit of God. Now he's going to tell you how you can recognize true prophecy, the true spirit of truth, the Spirit of God. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. If a prophet's spirit is open to the Holy Spirit, there will be the profession, the confession, that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, and that confession is of God. Now, what does that mean? that means central to all this, central to understanding whether it's a spirit of truth or a spirit of error, is that Jesus Christ should be central to the message. The Lord should be central. And as I said before, there are many people that will use the name of Jesus and say, well, we pray in the name of Jesus, or they have some, I told you many times about the one uh, incident I have with the man at this wedding who was a new ager. I think it was from the church, one of the unity churches. And they all believe that everyone can receive the Christ consciousness and that we're all God. God is in you, God is in me, the tree is God, the platform is God, everything is God. It's the old paganism, pantheism, twisted around to try to make it sound Christian. And the man said to me, I'm Jesus-centered. He used the name of Jesus and he went on to explain to me how he's God. Now he you can say, well, he professed, he confessed Jesus' name. Not really. He used, he abused the name of Jesus. Cults will abuse the name of Jesus. False prophets will abuse the name of Jesus, misuse the name of Jesus, but Jesus Christ is not central. When it says that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, what does it mean? Jesus, the man, Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ the anointed one, the promised one, the Messiah, the 
very image of God, God himself has come in the flesh. The reality of the incarnation. Cultic people may talk about Jesus, even uh, secular people may use the name of Jesus to try to make their point, drawing on him as some type of good teacher. But when it comes to the incarnation, Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. God has come in the flesh. They have trouble with it. They don't want to recognize that. That this one we see, when you see Jesus, you see the Father. He is one with the Father. Messiah has come. Salvation has come. God is our salvation. Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. They have a lot of difficulty with the incarnation. The cults do not want to admit the activeness of God intervening in human affairs that he would send himself, he would send his son, and from that moment on, history has changed. That's the good news. And false prophecy will not want to go. They may use and abuse the name of Jesus, but they never want to go that far and say that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. And obviously there's, there's a double meaning to that. He's come in the flesh, and he also what? He rose in the flesh, right? A literal resurrection, not an image, not something, well, God made them think kind of like, I've heard several cults tell me that, denying the resurrection. This is God intervening in human history. They don't want that. He, God came in the flesh. Jesus Christ came. He rose in the flesh, and guess what? He's coming back in the flesh in a glorified body. The same Jesus who you saw ascend will come back. Not another, not another child born someplace else, not another leader that'll stand up and proclaim he's the Christ. There will be many Christs and many false prophets to deceive many. But when the Son of God comes, he comes like the lightning from the east to the west. They will see the sign of the Son of Man. They will go into the caves and pray the rocks fall upon them because they know the judgment to come. That sign will be seen all over the globe and Jesus Christ will return, King of kings, Lord of lords, he himself and not another, with all his saints with him. And it'll change the world for all eternity. The reality of the intervention, that's the confession of Jesus Christ coming in the flesh. Then he goes on to say in verse 3, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God, and this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. And John goes back and forth with that. There is the Antichrist who's going to come. At the end of the age, there will be this great deceiving of the people by the Antichrist, and the spirit of Antichrist is already in the world. When the Koran has chapters about why Jesus can't be the Son of God, and why that's not the sacrifice that saves us, that is the spirit of Antichrist, right? It moves people away from salvation in Jesus Christ. When a cult comes up and says, well, if you accept Jesus right now and have a personal relationship with him, that's wrong. That's the spirit of Antichrist. When a mainline church 
tells you, well, you come in and we have these books, these ancient books, but they're not really the word of God. We do good works. We do social good. We'll even have a liturgy when we'll mention Jesus, but they never express the born-again experience. That's the spirit of Antichrist. When you have schools upon schools teaching children that they've evolved, there is no creator God, there's no hope, there is no salvation. That's the spirit of Antichrist. And it happens all the time, and someday it's all going to come together, and we see it happening around us, and it will usher in, there'll be the great apostasy, we're told in the book of Thessalonians. The falling away, the great falling away, and many will be deceived and go away from the faith in Jesus Christ. Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God, and this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming, and is now already in the world. And then he says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And there's a reference to the Holy Spirit. There's a reference to the working of the Holy Spirit in the believer to give testimony to that which is right. If you've accepted Jesus Christ and he lives inside of you, you are not going to be the father for every spirit. Your spirit will automatically, in the spirit, rise up against that which you hear, which is not of God, because you know your master and your master lives inside of you through the Holy Spirit. Don't forget to visit us on the Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle YouTube channel. We live stream the Sunday message at 10.30 a.m. You will find a link to the YouTube channel on shiarjeshub.org.